This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Glad to have you on a Monday drive. WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. Where today's a day, frankly, we've been circling for about three weeks now. After the Giants' loss, Matt Rule could not afford to lose two out of three at home, and he did just that. We called it Matt Rule's last stand, and that's what it was. Turns out he didn't stand tall enough. He was fired this morning, but after getting blown out by the Niners and having half the fans in attendance wearing red, we didn't need the news drop this morning to inform us the direction that this was headed in. We all had that sense last night, especially if you were in the building, and I was. Here's when I knew specifically. Matt usually takes five minutes, ten minutes tops, before he meets with the media after a game, but not last night. Fifteen minutes passed, twenty, and he still hadn't appeared. And then the humanity of it hit me when I heard some reporters next to me making cracks about Rule being a dead man walking and all that, not noticing that just a few rows behind us was Matt Rule's wife sitting there in the back of the auditorium. Not just her, also Matt Rule's daughter, too, who I never really remembered sticking around for pressers, even after losses. Then, after 25 minutes, Matt Rule walked in. He finally appeared, and towards the end of what would become his final press conference as the Panthers coach, he was asked about his job security. And rather than quoting Jay-Z and talking about the rap game or making excuses for why he was 1-4 in in year three or just simply trying to defend himself with his boss almost surely watching, Matt Rule a little bit more reserved said this. Yeah, I hope you guys can understand. I'm, I'm here to talk about the game. You know, I've, I've always been very forthright with you guys. So, um, you know, um, yeah, I, I, have no, I have nothing to say about that now. Uh, you know, I'm just, really just here to talk about the game today. I would never want to make this about me, you know. And that's pretty consistent with who he's been all throughout his tenure. It was time to move on. But now that Matt Rule is finished in Charlotte, Now that the Matt Rule era is over, why didn't it work? 336-777-1600 is the phone number. If you have thoughts on the topic today, other than Mac Brown joining us at 530, we're wide open here. 777-1600 on Twitter at WSGS Radio if you prefer to chime in that way. We're on Instagram too. We have an email feed. Appreciate those who write in the drive at WSJS.com. I believe his three-year tenure was defined by one thing, never getting the quarterback right. It's that simple. I don't think he was a worse coach than Cliff Kingsbury or Zach Taylor or Brandon Staley, who just does not know when to go for it and when not to go for it. It should have costed him yesterday in Cleveland. It didn't. I don't think Matt's worse than any of those coaches, but those guys have Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert, and Matt Rule never had that. And none of Matt's three swings panned out. 
I understand why you don't want to give them a fourth. This is not me defending that rule. It's time to move on. He had three swings at it. He moved off Cam for Teddy. He moved off Teddy for Darnold. He moved off Darnold for Baker. As I almost feel like observing this over the years, I feel like Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused. The roster around the quarterback continues to get better, but the quarterback play stays the same way. I do say go Tar Heels. All right, all right, all right. I'm making an executive decision. WD, you haven't seen this movie. Absolutely not. That's your movie for this week. Social Network can wait. Dazed and Confused. That's going to be your movie to watch this week. It's just fitting that Baker Mayfield walked into the locker room yesterday in a walking boot. And according to Ian Rappa reporting, he's probably going to miss some time because, yeah, Matt Rule gets fired. And as that's happening, Baker Mayfield's hurt in addition to Sam Darnold not being back from injury, in addition to Matt Corral being on IR. So it's going to be the P.J. Walker experience at quarterback going into Sunday, and Lord knows who's going to be his backup. Frankly, it's kind of amazing. Rule never took a quarterback with three consecutive top 10 picks. Think about that. All three drafts he had, picked in the top 10, didn't take a quarterback. But to be fair to Matt, who should they have taken? 2020, Carolina had the number seven pick. Boy, do they wish they had the number six pick. Because Justin Herbert was taking a pick ahead of them. The next quarterback off the board, Jordan Love. You think Carolina should have taken him at seven? Probably not. 2021. I've criticized the move. I didn't think it was the right move to go corner in that spot rather than taking a swing at quarterback. I still feel that way. But are we talking about a different headline today? If Mac Jones or Justin Fields is at quarterback in year two, I'd probably lean saying no. I don't think that changes what Carolina is, but we'll ultimately never know the answer to that question. This year, there was no quarterback to take in the top 10. Pick it. Malik Willis, no. Also, it doesn't look like Matt Rule missed on any of those picks. Lost in the news today for obvious reasons. Iki Aquanu had the highest graded tackle performance, according to Pro Football Focus, of any tackle performance this year. Any game, any team, Iki Aquanu versus San Francisco's front yesterday had the best Pro Football Focus grade. He's going to be great. Derek Brown's had his best three-game stretch as a Panther, in my opinion. He picked off a pass two games ago, had a few deflections last week, jarred a ball loose, I believe, too. He blocked the field goal yesterday, batted out another pass. So I don't think J.C. Horn, he's going to be a star. I don't think they missed on any of these picks. So it really does feel like this team is a quarterback away, which I didn't have that feel with Carolina a year ago. I certainly didn't have it when they had the most turnover in the NFL by far when Matt arrived in the middle of a pandemic. The O-line isn't bad for the reasons I just outlined with Icky. And Austin Corbett be in there. The weapons aren't bad with McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. The defense is good. Oh, they weren't great yesterday, Josh. 
yeah, I think you probably missed Chin and Xavier Woods and Frankie Louvu being out in that game. And that San Francisco team's pretty good too. How about the much improved special teams? I mentioned the block field goal by Derek Brown. How about the great return game that we saw? Johnny Hecker, a really good punter. This team is not a bad football team. So I think they're going to attract a really good coach. And they're probably going to take a quarterback in the top 10. Hopefully it works out for Carolina then. But don't make this about he is a college coach who couldn't figure it out in the NFL. This isn't Lou Holtz. This isn't Bobby Petrino. The latter that quit. Those two quit. Urban Meyer fired him one year. That's not what this is at all. This was defined by never getting quarterback right. That's what this was about. 336-777-1600 on Twitter at WSJS Radio. The job really is appealing. I hear people saying, well, why didn't they fire Matt Rule a year ago? We knew then. I will die on this hill defending Carolina's decision to bring Matt back. We did not know. And just because you didn't like him and he didn't have a great record through two years doesn't mean that you knew either that it wasn't going to work out. You needed to give him that opportunity because if you didn't, if you fired him after last year, how does that look to an incoming coach? Who's taking the job for a team that does not have a top five pick in a bad quarterback class like this past year was? No second round pick, no third round pick. Carolina traded the second round pick to get Sam Darnold, the third round pick to bring in C.J. Henderson, who had an atrocious game yesterday. Oh, yeah, and you're working for an owner that, again, fired somebody two years into a seven-year contract. Who's taking that gig? Versus now, you had an owner that showed some restraint. You gave him every opportunity to have success. And even though they don't have a third-round pick, boy, does that Matt Corral trade look pretty bad now. You're probably going to be picking in the top five in a good quarterback class. And you got a second-round pick. An owner with some restraint. And, and a roster that has a lot of really good defensive parts on it. So, Steve Wilkes, we'll see if you can give this team a spark. We'll see if you can turn this thing around. But if he doesn't, and I suspect he's not going to, I think this is going to be an appealing job, and I think the job is a lot more appealing today than it was a year ago because Carolina decided not to bring Matt Rule back. This job would not have been close to as appealing as it is right now if Carolina made that move last year. I'd venture to say, barring anything crazy, this might be the most appealing job there is in the National Football League. I thought it might be the Dallas Cowboys after the first game, but Dallas is 5-1 and one right now. <laughs> They're not going to make a move off their coach. Like, what change do you see being made that's going to be more appealing than this Carolina job? Oh, you get to work for the second richest owner in the NFL, first or second richest. And, yeah, he gave Matt Rule three years and a seven-year contract and a ton of money. And you got a team that's actually pretty close, short of a quarterback. And, oh, yeah, you got a great quarterback class and a top-five pick. Pretty good job. Is Washington going to be better than that? I don't think so. Those are my thoughts on the Matt Rule news of the day. Let's get the show going. It's The Drive with Josh Graham.
I don't want this entire show to be about Matt Rule being fired. David Tepper just wrapped up his press conference. Apparently, the last question that was asked was by our friend Scott Fowler, who's been pretty opinionated as columnists are, and he's one of the longest-tenured columnists that we've had in the state of North Carolina. He asked when Tepper arrived at a decision to fire Matt Rule. And his response was, you should know, I think you covered it pretty well in your columns. <laughs> David Tepper, like me, a fan of reading Scott Fowler's columns. I could respect that. Hard to fault him for that. Let's get to this Hubert Davis sound that we promised. Because Hubert was the Grand Marshal at the Roval yesterday. And that was a crazy race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Shout out to Christopher Bell, who won the Roval. Hubert was the Grand Marshal, and apparently Hubert has a new catchphrase. Drivers, it's live action! Start your engines! Oh, boy. So this is going to become a real thing now. It's live action, Tracy. <laughs> I love it. I want to speak candidly about this. I love the drop that we have, that we play quite often. It's live action, Tracy. But this feels a lot like when your parents start singing or reading rap lyrics. It just becomes a lot less cool when they're in on it, right? Becomes a lot less cool when you turn that genuine, authentic, off-the-cuff moment into the name of your late-night event. When you also had a great name for it. Late-night in HD, Hubert Davis, late-night in HD, Playoff high definition. I like that. I did. Live action with Carolina basketball. I was fine with it because we have the drop that we play here. It's live action, Tracy. But now, why even throw that in yesterday? It was just a really strange spot. Like, come on. It's drivers. Start your engines. It's not drivers. It's live action. What? What was that? He's clearly aware. Uh -huh. That this is a thing, and he's going all in on it, and I kind of like it. <sighs> I don't. I don't like it. I think it become it just became a lot less cool. The teacher's now in on the bit, and <laughs> it's not as cool when the teacher's in on the bit. It's live action, Tracy. Here's the other thing, too. That happened at the Final Four. Not the win against Duke. The game that you blew. That you were up 16 at halftime. I get it. No one expected Carolina to be there. So we talk glowingly about Carolina playing in the national championship and having a shot to win that, especially now that everybody's back. But on what planet are we taking, or is Hubert Davis, the Tar Heel basketball coach, taking a saying from a game that should, given the history of Carolina's program, 
be looked on terribly. You're up 16 points in the national championship game. You blew it. You lost. Something from that game. Oh, not only is this going to be the name of our late night event, but it's also going to be my catchphrase that I'm working into drivers start your engines. WD, Carolina lost this game, right? I'm not misremembering that. Yeah, they lost that. Why one. hasn't this sunk with that? I don't understand it. It's a viral moment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's And that's that. enough, apparently. Yeah. Let's go to Joey in Thomasville, who wants in on David Tepper, who apparently brought live music to the city of Charlotte when it wasn't there <laughs> prior to 2018. And apparently is this great big success with Charlotte FC and with the Carolina Panthers. We had just heard from him. What did you take away from Tepper, Joey? Wow. Who, first of all, who would have thunk it? But uh, I, listen, I'm a lifelong Washington fan. And I see a lot of resemblances between Daniel Snyder and David Tepper, both coming in with a lot of money and thinking that they can just, you know, buy the shiniest new thing. And I'm here to, I mean, I'm, I'm just seeing it. The Steve Spurrier experiment in Washington and just the constant changing of general managers and coaches and bouncing around and here and there. And I'm seeing a lot of the similarities and I'm here to warn all my friends that are Carolina Panther fans. As long as your owner is this guy, I think you may be in for a lot of, a lot of disappointment, a lot of suffering. I don't think, there's continuity, and I know what he said in that press conference that I listened to you have where he's talking about he's new and all that. I get it. Daniel Snyder was new. I was excited when he came on board. He's a fan. He's going he's gonna to have this team. He's going to do everything he can to make him a winner. But, no, it was about making money. And I'm afraid that David Tepper, his goal, rather than the wins that he talks about, is more about making money. And I just think that uh, Carolina fans – Take a look at Washington since their ownership came in, Daniel Snyder, and I think you may see a lot of similarities, and I, I, feel, I feel for you. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Joey. You're right in line with what a South Carolina congressperson said in regards to the Rock Hill Project. We were promised Jerry Jones, and we've gotten Daniel Snyder is, I think, the way that it was put a handful of months ago. I'm still not there yet. You look at the percentage of NFL owners that whiff on their first coaching hire – it is a very high percentage that uh, whiff. So we'll see what he does with this second cycle. And I've said it many times. You can fire the coach. You can fire the general manager. You can trade the quarterback. You're not getting rid of the owner. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan. You're dealing with the Angelos family. If you're an Orioles fan, if you're a Cleveland fan, sorry, you're dealing with the Haslam's. Sorry, that's just what it's going to be. You're not getting rid of ownership. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. Spend all your time waiting. When you walk in the building and you know Luke Peakley leaves and James Bradbury leaves and all these people leave, which they're not my, and you're kind of like, okay, who's left over? It's like, it's like you ever see the Will Smith Fresh Prince of Bel Air where he's kind of looking around the house, like, 
a lot of people left, and it's like, okay, we got to start over. And I'm not second guessing anyone. That, that that that's a that's a head coach just you know decision type thing. So I, you know, to me, that's you know, I think when you write up, you know, who to blame for that, I think the only person you can blame is the head coach. I respect the Panther. We'll have a new little tradition when we win, if that's all right with you guys. We have to go back and watch the tape. Uh, I tell our team all the time, it took Jay-Z like seven years. <laughs> it, took, it took him seven years. He had to start his own agency to, to become famous, to become an overnight sensation. Like, it takes time. But I, I will finish by saying I, I respect the fight. We have a good group, so there's some good, healthy things happening. We've got to win some games. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. I forgot how that Jay-Z piece of sound ended. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. That was such a pleasure to put together. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. How can we top that? It's all downhill from here. How about with David Tepper claiming in the last 30 minutes when talking about the successes that he's had? since becoming the Panthers' owner four years ago. Bringing music to a musicless place, the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's listen to Tepper. We brought music back, not back to Charlotte. There never was music in Charlotte, you know, with concerts. We brought the, we, we reopened restaurants because of what we've done here. So if you look at what's really been done on the field, on the field by this organization, there's been no lack of pro progress in these four years. Yeah. You hear that? COVID was closing restaurants. And you know what opened those restaurants back up? Brian Burns trying to decapitate quarterbacks. You hear that? You know what put music? What was that? Like, I guarantee you, WD... When Billy Joel performed at Bank of America Stadium, people turned up and said, what is this sound? We didn't start the fire. I didn't know what this was. I thought music was merely just sounds that came out of my radio box. I didn't know we could actually see people how you play it. Like he's playing a piano. This is unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Teppa. Mr. Teppa. Thank you for bringing live music to a musicless place. It's live action. I, I love it. And if you're thinking, Josh, he's clearly just talking about the stadium. No, play the beginning of that sound again where he corrected himself as if to say, no, well, we didn't bring music back. No. We brought music back, not back to Charlotte. There never was music in Charlotte. Yeah. You know, with concerts. With concerts, just in case. Just in case you don't understand what I'm talking about. You know, with concerts. You know, with concerts. <laughs> As opposed to, it's like Pleasantville, a movie that <laughs> WD has no idea yeah. anything about. No. Where everything's just black and white, and suddenly here comes Tobey Maguire. And you know, everything. With concerts. Yeah, with concerts. <laughs> it's an unbelievable thing to say. Kevin Clark from The Ringer chiming in on this. He uh, tweeted me. This is such a funny thing to say. I respect Tepper so much for saying it. You know, with concerts. With concerts. <laughs> Incredible. 
I don't want to make this entire radio show about Matt Rule being fired. There were other NFL games yesterday. Some of you don't give a rip about the Panthers. So we'll get back to it in no time. But right now, we attach letter grades to the rest of the NFL in Graham's grades. Every week is a test for your favorite sports teams. the test if one of y'all says some silly ass name who dropped the ball i don't know josh graham has the answers i think you're very condescending and a know-it-all time for graham's grades graham's grades a through f the very good of what we saw yesterday the not so good and again this is a panther pantherless bit so no 49ers or Panthers going to be making appearances in this. A. Yeah, we'll start with the really good. How about the Dallas Cowboys, anyone? Really, the entire NFC East, if we're being honest about it, short of the team in Washington. Matt Rule, he was fired today. Ron Rivera might not be far behind him. Ron was asked this question at his presser today. Why are the other teams of the NFC East having a ton of success and you're not? He gave a one-word answer. Quarterback. Huh. You don't say. So, got to give love to the Dallas Cowboys. You could put the New York Giants in this category, too, with how they rallied from behind to beat the Green Bay Packers. But Dallas going on the road against the defending champs, where the Carolina Panthers are going to be going this next week. They've been doing it with Cooper Rush. And according to Tom Rinaldi on the sidelines for the Fox broadcast, Dak Prescott walked up to him before the game, shook his hand and said, how firm of a grip is this? As if to say, in no time, I might be coming back. And we know what's ahead. Cowboys, Eagles, one that we all have circled to watch. B. I've got two teams listed here. W, do you let me know which of these two wins you think qualify more as a B? The Buffalo Bills, who were two touchdown favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers and won by 30-plus? Or the Baltimore Ravens, who, you know, drove the length of the field, got in field goal position for Justin Tucker? That's something that isn't talked about enough with analytics, by the way. Oh, why didn't Baltimore go for it? trying to go up by two scores rather than giving Cincinnati a chance to score a touchdown to go in front. Well, one reason is you got the greatest kicker ever so that if Cincinnati scores a touchdown, all you have to do is get to the 50 and the guy is going to knock it a field goal to win the game for you. That might have something to do with it. Which of those do you think is think are is more deserving of the B spot? Buffalo's win or Baltimore's? I think I'd go Baltimore. Yeah better opponent that you played so we'll go with the Ravens see the New York Jets they're three and two the reason it's a C is because I have no idea who was playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins when Teddy went down on the first drive but it was pretty funny when I was standing there with Darren Gant Darren Gant one of our favorites from Panthers.com he was chocked full of one-liners yesterday he saw that somebody from Fox Sports after the game said, the Rams are a mess and there's no help on the way. And he said to me, 
clearly this guy hasn't looked at the Rams schedule and saw that the Panthers are coming in next week. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> the Dolphins said that Teddy was dealing with concussion-like symptoms. He's in the protocol, not going to return to the game. Darren's response to that was, and I want to give him credit because it's such a great line. Yeah, but how's his back doing? <laughs> the Jets, you should be happy. Three and two start, but you're doing so against exclusively third string quarterbacks hey, or backup quarterbacks. You did. You beat the Cleveland Browns coming from behind and you get this win. It's a C. D. Oh, boy. Jacksonville or Green Bay? Jacksonville. You score. You you look great in dropping 30-plus at the Chargers, winning by three touchdowns in that game. You look awesome shutting out the Colts. And then with Trevor Lawrence in his second year, you score six points against a team that hasn't won a game? I thought the Jags were supposed to be for real. You got off to that great start against Philly. It fell apart. And the offense just hasn't looked the same since then. Six points? The Texans got their first win. They also have a tie, too. So if you're following for Carolina Panthers draft purposes, Carolina is lower down the totem pole because they only have one win and no tie. And they also have fired their head coach while well, Houston's not going to. Well, maybe. I don't know. They, they fired a coach after one year last year. Maybe they give Lovey Smith some more time. I don't know. But Jacksonville, that's, that's a pretty bad performance. F. I'm going to go Detroit Lions here. Detroit got shut out by the Patriots, which in past years might not warrant an F grade, but did you know, WD, that going into yesterday's game, yesterday's action, that the Detroit Lions were the highest scoring team in the NFL? I didn't know that stat, but weirdly enough, I knew they had been putting some points on the board. Oh, yeah, they have. Didn't score one. You scored all the points in the first four weeks of the season. You got none of them in Foxborough yesterday. The Lions, F on Graham's grave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. Mac Brown, head coach of the Tar Heels, going to join us in about 15 minutes before we get to him. Matt Rule's fired. So where do the Panthers go from here? Well, for starters, Steve Wilkes was named the interim today, which I think is the right choice. And it appears one of his first decisions as head coach was replacing defensive coordinator Phil Snow with Al Holcomb, who just so happened to be his defensive coordinator the one year he spent as Cardinals head coach. If you're unclear with the staff breakdown, what the staff dynamics were before today, Wilkes was brought in in the offseason. He was once Carolina's defensive coordinator under Ron Rivera. He is the secondaries coach, or was going into the day. Al Holcomb was the running game coordinator defensively. He's now been promoted to defensive coordinator. David Tepper said today that it was a Phil Snow decision to have Al Holcomb be the D.C. We'll see how mutual that turned out to be, considering 
Phil Snow has followed Matt Rule everywhere he's gone. He was one of his best soldiers, and Matt Rule is likely going to get a college job, and when that happens, you'd think Snow will be his defensive coordinator. So if that happens right after the college season ends in November or even before that, and he wants Snow to jump then, that's kind of an awkward spot to lose your defensive coordinator in the NFL rather than ripping the Band-Aid now. So it makes sense to me to do that. And I think Wilkes was the right choice over Ben McAdoo, mostly because there's still some guys who were around on this team when Steve Wilkes was the D.C., hired away by Arizona to be a head coach. Ben McAdoo hasn't been here that long. He doesn't have that type of tenure. Steve Wilkes does, like Shaq Thompson, for example. Knows what it's like to be coordinated, to be coached by Steve Wilkes from years ago. And he's more deserving of an opportunity, I think, than McAdoo as well. He got a raw deal in Arizona. Only one year. They traded up to take Josh Rosen, who's been on every team in the NFL, it feels like, since he was taken in the top 10 in 2018. It's a bad ownership group in Arizona, which is why it's not working right now with Cliff Kingsbury, who I thought was a bad hire. The Bidwell family, not really among the most functional of organizations or functional of owners. It's a very dysfunctional situation over there. And he loves this franchise. He's a Charlotte guy, went to App State. I, I think it's more of a fit. And I give David, David Tepper some credit today for saying, you know what? We're not ready yet to talk about what the future search process is going to be. Whether it's going to be Scott Fitterer and... Stephen Drummond and me that make this decision. No, no, no. We're not there yet. We want to see what Steve Wilkes has. We want to give him an opportunity. And some of that, I think, WD, is what you have to say publicly at this point. Because not really unrelated, Steve Wilkes has an active lawsuit against the NFL right now. He's a part of the Brian Flores suit. I doubt Tepper's that worried about it, but he can't say publicly, ah, Steve Wilkes doesn't have a shot at getting this job. We're not trying to win. We're trying to get a top five pick. He can't say those things. You got to say that we're trying to win, even if you don't mean it. And I doubt Tepper's really that worried about the lawsuit when it comes to Wilkes. Both in, you know, considering Flores, when that time comes, I bet you he's going to be a candidate for the Panthers job and with Wilkes here, and also with, I think, deciding to sign in the middle of the season amid all the controversy in an election cycle, Eric Reed, like Carolina did, who also sued the National Football League along with Colin Kaepernick, I think David Tepper's just interested in getting the best coach for the job, and I think right now he is the right coach, Steve Wilkes, for the interim position. But how are we going to remember the Matt Rule era. That's something I've been thinking about today. Two plus years, 37 games altogether. Didn't get through his third year, so I can't really say three years. WD, this is how I'm going to remember Matt Rule. It's a clip from a few years ago. Actually, this was from last December, this clip here, that I think I'm going to remember Matt Rule by. This has to be the most iconic clip of the Matt Rule era, you would think, right, WD? More than anything else? I, I don't mean to oversell it, 
But everybody has the thing that you're going to be remembered for. It might be something on the field. And in Carolina's case, I don't really think there's much of that to point to, either good or bad. There's nothing that terribly atrocious on the field that I think is fun to remember. But this clip is what I'm going to remember Matt Rule for. Team all the time. It took Jay-Z like seven years. <laughs> it took him seven years. He had to start his own agency to, to become famous, to become an overnight sensation. Like, it takes time. Um, but I, I will finish by saying I, I respect the fight. I respect C.J. Saunders waking up this morning and being like, oh, you guys need me? I'll be at the hotel in five minutes. Um, we have a good group, so there's some good, healthy things happening. We've got to win some games. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. Outstanding. If only he had seven years. Let's go to Tim and Clemens, who wants in on David Tepper. Tim? I have a question. Please. You know, when when Buddy, Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash many, many years ago, <laughs> that, that was called The Day the Music Died. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a song about it. Don McLean had a big hit. I just wonder if there's going to be a big hit about what uh, David Tepper said today because he says when he arrived in Charlotte, that's the day the music began. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, Buddy Holly died in 1959. Then you got the song American Pie. So from 1959, Tim, to 2018, there was no music. This... And for those who don't know what we're talking about, we're referencing David Tepper an hour ago saying that there was no live music in Charlotte or music altogether. You know, with concerts. Until 2018. Here's the full clip. We brought music back, not back to Charlotte. There never was music in Charlotte, you know, with concerts. We brought the, we, we reopened restaurants because of what we've done here. So if you look at what's really been done on the field, on the field by this organization, there's been no lack of pro progress in these four years. So from 1959 to 2018, it was Charlotte. Like if you played music, like if you were a band, don't go to Charlotte. There were signs like a footloose. You can't dance here. No, 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 no dancing around here. Like, no, you no music. Live music is allowed in the city of Charlotte. We, just unacceptable. You know, with concerts. Yeah, you know, with concerts. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Tepper. With concerts. No live music. Do you want to do one more here, WD, just real quickly, before we get to Mac Brown? Okay. This better be a pretty darn good call that we get to, because Mac Brown, see, you are the appetizer to Mac Brown that we have here. Bill Who is and it? High Point. Bill and High Point. Bring it. Hey. Hey. I know, I know. Tepper's got all the. He's got as much money, if not more, than God. But I think he's totally clueless about football. He knows hedge funds and all that, but he understands what it takes to make a football team. But live music, you know, with Bill, concerts. with concerts. Yo, hey, <laughs> I missed Willie Nelson because of the storm from the tickets I won. For no. Yeah. You know, with concerts. Can, can we make that up to Bill? Can we do that, WD? Yeah, Bill, we got you, man. Stay on hold. But hey, WD will make that, that right sucked, with you. Man, it was a terrible storm. It was. You it know, was he'll concerts. make it right. Yeah, with concerts. Thank you. All right, Bill. Thank you so much. 